0: Hello and welcome to the professional reflexology podcast. I'm Olivia Hart. I'm a reflexologist, a tutor and a part of the PR team. This podcast is all about reflexology and some of the wonderfully inspirational people that have shaped it into what it is today. Before we get going a little bit about us, PR is a UK-based membership and education organisation passionate about spreading the word of this wonderful therapy. To find out more about what we do, please visit www.professionalreflexology.org. We just want to thank all of you who have downloaded, streamed and listened to the PR podcast so far, and to thank last month's guests, Moss and Sharon from ChiMedics for a fab episode. Our special guest this episode is Jan Williamson from Precision Reflexology. Jan is an incredibly experienced reflexology tutor, yoga teacher and author. She teaches precision work through her CPD courses both in the UK and abroad. Precision work is unusual in that it is not reliant in force or physical pressure to achieve its aims. Each client is treated as an individual and receives the benefits in a manner that is effective for them at the time that they receive the treatment. In this way, each person's own energies are used in the healing process and will be appropriate on all levels of their being, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Now, Martin and Jan have known each other for a very long time, so they get right into the workings and beliefs behind the therapy. There's some valuable advice for new and experienced therapists along the way. So, over to Martin and Jan on the PR podcast.
1: Hello there, Jan, and how are you?
0: I'm very well, thank you, Martin. How
1: are you? I'm extremely well, thank you. Um, we've been saying in the introduction that we've known each other for a long time. I think it was probably sometime in the in the mid to late 90s, about 96, 97, something of that nature. Um, I think so. Because uh, we've both been teaching for years, I guess. Um, how did you first come into get into contact with reflexology, start off your practice?
2: Well, I started first of all because I was initially training to be a yoga teacher, which I have done uh-huh. absolutely donkey's years. And um, while I was doing that, I was interested in complementary medicine in general, really. And I trained with a really great guy who taught me things like um, nutrition, or aromatherapy, but he didn't do reflexology. Um, and I've been really Lucky in my life and my work life because he then put me in touch with Prue Hughes, who lived not far away from I, where I at the time. So I trained with her, which was fantastic because I didn't know any different. I just thought this was all one reflexology, but I didn't realize that she pioneered precision reflexology. So I trained with her to do that. Loved it because there was a lot of energy work. And so I was very familiar with that because of. Or my work with yoga, so that's how I got into it. I trained with Prue, got on with her really well, and um, then just set up my own practice from there. And did like everyone else does, and just gradually built up my practice with aromatherapy, reflexology, and always with my yoga teaching. And then. Um, After a little while, Prue very kindly asked me if I would like to co-tutor a course with her, which was fantastic. So that's how I started teaching, by teaching alongside Prue. Um, And then after a few years, she decided uh, eventually to retire and very generously passed on the school to me. So that's how I got into teaching the precision reflexology, really.
1: Okay. I mean, I know her as Prue Miskin.
2: Yeah. She she was Prue Miskin when she was married. And then they and then she and Lionel separated. So she went back to being Prue Hughes. Okay. Which she was for quite a long time. And then in their latter years, they got back together again. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All yeah right. that solves the mystery.
1: Okay. A little a little bit about her. I I um, read an explanation that she wrote concerning charts which I'd precede a little bit, but I'll I'll read it. And I I thought it was very good. Um, 5,000 years ago, there was no need for charts. Uh, Treatments were being a a response between the practitioner's sensitivity and intuition and the recipient's energy levels. This continues to be the underlying principle behind treatments. And the reality of reflexes is is it's in the practitioner's fingers. The charts are a Western influence and they're necessary as a guide to student learning and we do hope that students develop and learn their own sensitivity that's the best answer I've had for why there are different charts
2: yeah well I I could just slightly correct you there Martin because I wrote that
1: (laughs) oh did you okay
2: (laughs) but 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 it was exactly what you know Prue and I discussed it for quite a few years but I I think Mm. that's you know yeah that's exactly how I felt about it that there's really no need for a People get, I found, I don't know if you found this as well, but over the years, uh, there are lots of people who get very possessive about particular charts, and I've never felt like that. And I've always said to uh, all the students that I've taught that charts are just a guide. They're just a guide to Mm. get started. And really what matters is what you feel in your fingers. And that's exactly how it was when uh, reflexology originally started two and a half, you know, all those years ago. Um, It's what you feel in your fingers that matters. So, yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you, every client is different.
2: Every client is different, and if you if you start to be very structured about your approach and, and very dogmatic about it, and say that this is where the point is on this chart, then it's all going to fall apart, I think, because everybody's feet are different. Everybody's person. Everybody's personality is different, and so it's much better if you can listen to your fingers rather than relying on a, on a chart, really.
1: Absolutely right.
2: Yeah, and I, as I say, I've been really lucky because all those years ago when I trained, people I trained with were not prescriptive and not structured. So it allowed me to have that much more of a freestyle approach, really.
1: I, I, th- I think in, in many ways, it, it actually makes it more likely that you will learn how to feel properly because you're feeling for it rather than following a set yeah. Uh, set chart as to how you use to yeah. find the adrenal glands, for example.
2: Yeah, and and also the great thing with precision, as you probably know, when we work with links, which are these energy sp- um, points on the feet, is that you are responding to that energy. So if you're doing it from a chart, you're not going to feel that response. Whereas what I say mm. to m- my students, I quite often say, just work blindfold and see what you find in your fingers, and then you can tell the difference between. I, uh, for instance, a thyroid and a parathyroid point because you, you've you got it in your fingers rather than mm. what the chart's telling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But, of course, you need the charts to start off with. So yeah,
2: you do, you do. To give
1: you a general, give yeah. you a general direction.
2: Yeah, you need you need a bit of structure just to get going. Yeah, yeah.
1: Prue said that she discovered reflexology in round about 1975. Where did one train in those days? She, did she train with Doreen Bailey or?
2: Yeah, she did. She did. She was one of Doreen Bailey's last students. Um, hmm. She, prior to that, uh, worked with polarity therapy. So she was very used to working with the energy of the body and balancing energy. And then she went up to London and did, yeah as I say, trained with Dory mainly. And then when she came back to death, she combined what she knew with polarity therapy and what she knew from reflexology, and then started to build up this system of precision work from there.
1: Okay, tell me what, what's polarity therapy.
2: I I don't have a great knowledge of it, but I do. What I do know is it works with the whole body, energy energy spots on the body, mm-hmm. and and you can work with various points to find the balance between the two. So it's all to do with, you know, the polarity of the body and finding where those energies are and trying to balance them, which is in effect, that's in effect what we do with reflexology, isn't it really? Energy oh, yes. energy points yeah. on the feet. Um, she was used to doing that on the whole body. So then she thought, well, if I can do it on the whole body, I must be able to bring it down and minimize it to do it on the feet. So she worked with the same principles of finding energy, two points that were kind of out of sync with each other. And holding them until they came into balance.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I, that is is something what you were saying earlier about finding those things. Basically, you can feel where that energy isn't working, but you do yeah. have to go and find it rather than being very specific to a chart or whatever.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and also with precision, because there are kind of 20 odd links, it differs from one treatment to another, from person to person, where the imbalances obviously are going to be. Mm. So you need to practice that idea of knowing how each link feels when it's in balance to know when it's out of balance, if that makes sense.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
2: So it's it's a case of um, having a bit of knowledge of the person and what their symptoms are. But then what I also say to my students is you can have all that kind of cognitive approach. So say somebody's got a lower back problem, you might think, right, okay, I'll use that link that's good for the lumbar spine. But then when you get your fingers on that link, you think, actually, there's not a lot wrong with this. It feels absolutely fine. But then maybe you go to a link for the neck and actually that's where the problem is because it's working with that sense of referred pain. You know, that thing, Martin, so it's it's kind of maybe it isn't the back, maybe it's somewhere else. So it's you still, you still can't rely just on what you've planned to do beforehand, you still have to go with what your fingers find when you actually get to work on somebody's feet, which makes sense, doesn't it, really?
1: Absolutely dead right. I mean, do you have a, um, a situation where, I mean, the one you've just quoted is also, is something that cross-reflexes explain. Yes, In the, absolutely. the neck and the low back and, and going to sciatic and, and so on. And I think it's a great shame that cross-reflexes have almost been taken out of, of reflexology t- uh, yeah. teaching.
0: Yeah, well,
2: I, I, you know, I think what's happened, and I don't know if you agree as well, but I think what's happened with, and it's not just with reflexology or complementary therapy, but I think it's probably education in general, is that it's become much more structured and there isn't, there isn't the opportunity to move away from the norm somehow. So cross reflexes and things like that are just kind of, they don't fit in with that very basic structure. So they tend to get ignored.
1: But they're very important, which
2: which is a real shame. Actually. Yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that it's it's one of those situations where we train people, don't we? And then you also have to train them to use their own initiative and think, hmm, well, this is this is how I was taught, but actually, what I can really feel in my hands is something quite different. And then it's it's giving people the confidence to do that, isn't it? Really? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I th- I think it's most important that, that people learn. How, learn the structure of reflexology how to treat somebody etc but then learn and, and think about their own way of treating and, and how they treat that client in front of them at a particular time
2: yes oh absolutely and and I think for me it's a lot of what I've done in recent years is that I've moved away from that the model, if you like, of a standard treatment. And it, it, it did it wasn't a deliberate thing on my part, but it just happened over time that I developed this system which for want of a better term I've called advanced precision reflexology because it's it's a completely new way of working in reality. And there are some people who might argue that it's actually not reflexology, but you know, that's okay. I'm quite happy to have the discussion about it. But what I do is I work with quite an elaborate foot massage technique, and I use the linking techniques of precision reflexology, the only the ones that are associated with the chakras. And so
1: yeah, okay,
2: it's a way of working the chakra system and finding where the imbalances are within that, within this context of the, of the massage treatment. And then as a result of that, then I developed kind of self-help programs where the imbalances are different ways that that client can help themselves you know so if somebody say has got a um, an imbalance with the the thyroid reflex which i see as being parallel with the throat chakra then i might give them um, some particular uh, exercises to do that i know are helpful for that area and so they've got some self-help to go away and do at home i really like that idea of self-help so it's it's kind of as we were saying moving away from just one way of doing a treatment and it's making treatments totally individual to the client which I think is what we're supposed to be doing with complementary therapy really so it's quite exciting to do that because then clients go away with stuff they can do at home and and that might be I might be giving them a a recipe for some soup to make or a yoga posture to do or or something like that but it, it always works because it's based on what I found in their feet so it's a kind of. A in- it's also, yeah.
1: Sorry, it also uh, is to do with the um, holistic approach to um, treatment. Yeah, in the, yeah, The client pays their own part in that treatment. Um, they have to put something into it.
2: Yeah, and we always talk about, don't we? We say complementary therapy is about taking responsibility for your own health, and and I think that's quite a daunting prospect. Really, it's quite a terrifying thing to do, but if. If you can do it by asking somebody to, say, um, uh, work with a particular affirmation or, or use an aromatherapy oil or do a yoga posture or something, then it's all very manageable. You know, they're, they're doing it without taking on mm. that big daunting thing of the responsibility for my own healthcare. But, yeah, it is. It, it, for me, it feels like working very holistically, and that's, that's what it's all about, I think.
1: Yeah, it's a bit like um... – <laughs> Reaching the the age of a hundred and and realising that if you'd uh, take taken more care of yourself earlier on you'd have been feeling much better about things.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. It's all yeah, what's that one about? It's not the it's not the days in your life but the life in your days. Yeah. It's that. yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> you work with Pruitt and you took over the, the, the course. Sadly you don't you no longer teach a reflexology course as such. Have you any plans to returning to that? Well, I'm
2: not teaching the full training course anymore just because, Hmm. and I know you would appreciate this, having done it for a very long time, I really needed a break. And um, I felt that my energies were better used um, by uh, working with, um, instead of of just teaching the full training course, my energies were going to be better used uh, working with the CPD courses. Yep. And so I, I I still do teach, but I tend at the minute to teach CPD. So for people who are already qualified, who want to know about precision techniques, then I do the short courses on on precision. Um, and I, I'm you know I may go back to the full training. I'm not completely sure, but but what I'm what I'd quite like to do is to be able to set up a team of tutors who would be happy to carry on the school. Um, and do the teaching of the full training, and then I would just dip in and do some some teaching from time to time, and carry on with the CPD stuff. I mean, that's currently my plan, and I I feel I find that, feel the responsibility of wanting to carry on with precision work, not just for myself, but the way that Prue would want it to be carried on with. Mm-hmm. Really. So, you know, that's where I am at the minute. I'm still, you know, as I say, doing the CPD, but not the full training just at the minute. So.
1: You talk for many years, I mean, how do you feel about current systems of training, how the the, the training is is meant to be absolutely equal across the country and so on? We were talking earlier how you have to aim your training or aim your treatment at a a particular client or an
2: individual. Yeah, I find that quite difficult with this. um, I haven't taught now uh, fold courses for about two years, so I can only talk with, from my own experience really, but... uh, Mm -hmm. I I have at stages, and as you know this as well, I found it quite frustrating over the years when maybe you have to teach to a particular syllabus and I felt that that wasn't relevant to reflexology. So I have, as you know, I've jumped from one governing body to another uh, to try and find a a syllabus that would actually do that. Um, And in fact, um, what I what I have got and this would be the one that I would use if I go back to all training um, I've developed a syllabus um, written one myself um, which meets all the, uh, the criteria for all the curriculum and things but I think it does allow for the students to bring in their own individuality as well um, and I would be quite interested in teaching that one again because I um, I think it's very difficult to have one standardized reflexology course. And I I completely understand the need to have regulatory standards. I totally understand that we have to do that because otherwise you can have people who are doing short courses who are not really qualified and all those things. So I know we have to have regulatory standards. And I realize it's a very tricky thing to do um, to be able to build in individual styles within that but I think that's that's the way we should be going really to come up with good levels of training but um not not going for just one model just not not going for one style fits all because I, I don't think that's possible
1: with, it's very it's so very well. difficult to teach something if your style doesn't actually match the yes. uh, the curriculum that you presented with I guess
2: yeah yeah, I think it is. And I think it's quite tricky if you've just got to teach something that you don't actually believe in, but you've got to teach it because it's on the syllabus.
1: Yes, that's that's absolutely true. I, mean, I think we've all done that over the years. We're going right the way back to, to yeah. the 1990s.
2: Uh, exactly. Some
1: of the things that, yeah, yeah, th- yeah. that we've done. However, we're just telling people how old we are
2: again. We, we are. <laughs> well, me anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Me, me too as well. It's like it's like the sort of you know the, the granny system really. It's like yes, how far back do we have to go? But in some ways, the training thing goes full circle, doesn't it? Really, and I'm not yes. quite sure we've yeah. we've got it right yet. But yeah. I was told years and years ago by a great tutor that the um the best regulatory standards we can have are if our clients come back for repeat treatment, <laughs> mm. and it's not it's not to do with any particular organisation, but it's to do with the the standard of the treatment that you give and that's your regulation really. So you know I think it's about producing enough of that clinical practice but also having the human side in there as well, trying to get that balance, I think that's the tricky thing.
1: Yeah, that's no dead right, yeah. I believe that.
2: Um, yeah,
1: This constant theme with precision reflexology when you're talking about energies and a relationship to nature and so on. Mm. Um, do you have a specific theory as to how reflexology works? No. Difficult question to answer, I know.
2: No, I don't. Um, and I think that it's, I'm sure you've had this as well. And we've, again, we're talking about how long we've been doing it for, but I've changed my mind so many times about how I think it works. I don't think it's one particular way. I think, I think it's a variety of ways, really. I think it's to, certainly, there's no question that it is to do with the connection from the feet to the parts of the body. Now, whether that goes via the nervous system or the circulatory system or the meridians or the chakras, I don't know. I think it's potentially a combination of all of those things. And I think it's also it's also to do with the therapeutic relationship that you create with your client. And I, and I think that's vitally important. And I think that's part of the process is that the um, – Connection and that relationship when you're doing a treatment, then that's a big part of how a client's going to respond to a treatment. So I think that has to be put in the mix somewhere, the therapeutic relationship. And I also think it's that sense of having where some, you know, where somebody is in their life. Like we don't, we don't just have one health; it goes up and down all the time. And I think it is the whole thing of trying to find balance. I think it. I think reflexology also emphasises the fact that. How powerful the feet are as a medium for treatment, and there's an awful lot of that that goes back in history, isn't there? With you know the um, Native Americans using the feet as treatment, and all those all those scenarios, and it it comes from many many different cultures. I think um, it, it's also the therapeutic value of touch that the, you know that that has a vital impact. So I think it's all those different elements that come in. It's it's all the the nervous system and the circulation and the actual connections through the feet and the body and the therapeutic relationship and the the value of touch and all those things I think I think they're all in the mix I don't think there's one answer really
1: I guess that's that's right I think there are probably as many theories on that um the answer to that question is there are reflexologists
2: yeah absolutely. <laughs> so, absolutely.
1: <laughs> put all those theories together and and um pick the one you like yeah exactly ways as to how it works because nobody nobody has proven in terms of of research that it actually does work or how it works no no
2: no and we know it does I know and 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 I think that's a tricky one as well and I I think that you know I've been quite heavily involved with research in in my time as well and I I think that's a fascinating thing to do with something like reflexology because um, people need um, rigorous research studies and to be able to um, give some evidence as to what we do rather than just uh, talking about anecdotal evidence. We need scientific evidence as well. Um, but again, I think it's quite a th- tricky thing to do with reflexology and it means that combination with um, really good scientists who know how to put research, research studies together. And I think, you know, it, it's over the years, it's one of those things that you have to say it's a belief system as much anything else. Um, and that... You know, we we we're not actually gonna prove we we're not proving it scientifically, but we're putting all manner of different theories, really, as to what why we think it works, and and also I, th- I have to think we I think we have a question about why we need that evidence. I think clients need the evidence. I think that's quite useful, um, but we have to make sure that it's uh, it's not too scientific. Otherwise, you lose the point of it all, really. But yeah, I think it's a fascinating thing to constantly keep thinking, how does this work? And why does it work? And yeah, we can see that it does. But I think there are many different theories. And I think that, you know, it's probably was always going to be like that, really.
1: I think one of the problems of of research into reflexology is that uh, research is very strict about how the way one goes about it. Yeah. And um, to be able to actually run a research Study in the way that it should be done—that everybody will, or scientists will actually say yes, that is correct—is very, very difficult to do because of the numbers of people you would require. Yeah, and as we've already said, everybody's an individual anyway. Yeah, exactly. It would have to be done by one reflexologist uh, working on all those people, unless you could do it. It, It's very difficult to work that one out. It is
2: very difficult, and also as I know from a a big study that I did, which was funded by the what was then called the Foundation for Integrated Medicine. you, you, you're often restricted by guidelines from your, the funding body mm. and that I, could, I couldn't I could do my design quite how I wanted it to because the funding body said, no, we want you to do it this way. And so there had to be some sort of compromise along the way. And, and also the other thing that's quite tricky, and I think this comes from reflexologists themselves, is that um, we have to accept the, the results of a research study. And even if it doesn't show reflexology to be the best thing since sliced bread, we have to accept it. Mm. And we, and we have to work with that and think, well, okay, let's try a different study and see how this works as well. Um, because not all research won't necessarily give you the result that you want. You can't, you can't manufacture the figures. You can only, you know, you can only show the results as they come really. Um, and I think that's something for the, reflexology world to take aboard really yeah, uh, if get, if we're going, yeah if we're going to do it it's not necessarily going to be all all amazing you know we have to be yeah. aware of that
1: absolutely right unfortunately we can't uh well certainly we we, we never claim to cure or, or uh, as as everybody knows we, it, we're um our codes of ethics and so on are, are fairly strict on that sort of thing but I'm pretty sure that a lot of people can be helped but you can't necessarily expect to help every single client you ever have.
2: No and and also I think you have to decide what the treatment's about really and it isn't about mending people or fixing people, it's Mm -hmm. just about helping them with wherever they are at that time and hopefully lessening some of the symptoms but primarily helping them to understand what's going on and maybe looking at why they've got a problem at this time, and and working with it on a holistic level, you know, thinking about how they're feeling emotionally as well as physically, and looking at life's possible lifestyle changes and all of those things, and so just just helping people with wherever they are at the time. And I always say to my students, you know, it's as long as you work within your own professional expertise. Whatever you do within the treatment room is fine. You have to tailor your treatment to suit your client, and that's going to be different from one treatment to the next. So, um, you know, I think we have to... I think there's... I don't think it's quite the same now, but I know when I first qualified, it was all about mending people and making people better. Mm. And and, mm. and I don't think that's what it's about, really. It's about, yeah, just... Working, it's a whole package. Yeah, working with people where they are at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and helping them to help themselves in, in, yeah. in many yeah. ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. One of the things about... Um, the public, this was sort of uh, put out on te- breakfast television sort of sometime before Christmas with words mumbo jumbo were used. Do you think sometimes words like imbalance, subtle body, energy pathways, etc., may give some people um, the, the view of reflexology that it is mumbo jumbo? Yeah, uh, oh, we definitely. Talk, we talk, yeah?
2: Definitely. And, and, and because primarily what I work with now, and certainly with the advanced work that I'm doing now, a lot of that is to do with the energetic response within a treatment. And Mm. because I've got this background from yoga, having done it for hundreds of years, um, I'm very familiar with that sense of the energy of my body and working with the energy of my body. However, uh, I do know that for the vast majority of of my clients, if I were to talk about energy and chakras, they would be mortified because it would sound like, as you say, mumbo jumbo. Mm. But But if I talk about finding an imbalance in their feet and maybe you might want to try uh, this particular recipe, whatever, for making soup or something, then that might be helpful for where I found the imbalance. Or I might say to them, "Um, I found an imbalance with your... um, Reflexes in your shoulders, and so I give them a yoga exercise to help with their shoulders and stuff like that. I don't t- I, unless I know I've got a client who really wants to know about chakras and energy. I don't use those words. I talk about I talk about an imbalance and trying to restore that balance within the body because anybody who's not well, it's a symptom of an imbalance rather than anything else. So I keep it very down to earth, and I think. I think I've been quite lucky, and that I find it quite easy. For instance, to teach yoga in a very down-to-earth, everyday way, and so I do the same with reflexology. I and unless I, as I say, unless I know that clients are comfortable with those terms, I don't use energy and stuff because I don't think it helps. We have to understand that we're treating people in the West, and 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 that's not the language that's used in the West. We don't have the right words for energy and all those things. Um, And so we can only work with the way people are used to looking after their health. So we've got to respect that and and work in ways they're comfortable with, really. But yeah, I, I think you're right. I think the way it's presented sometimes is more damaging than than, than helpful.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, we we would always there's several words that we suggest our, our students don't use. Unfortunately, some people do use these words to oh, yeah, yeah. Um, clients, and that puts them off of reflexology altogether, which is a sadness. But, um,
2: oh, oh, absolutely, and and also and also, you know, once you've trained your students, they're off there, aren't they? Like loose cannons, really. So, you know, I've I've had situations in the past where. For instance, one of the research projects I got involved with at Exeter University came about because one of the research fellows there had been constantly having complaints from GPs who said Mm -hmm. that clients were coming along to them, their patients rather, were coming along saying, my reflexologist says – and they were coming out with some kind of diagnosis or something. Now we know reflexologists aren't allowed to diagnose, and heaven forbid, I wouldn't want to diagnose. But clearly, some do, and it doesn't do the profession any good because clearly GPs were unhappy about that, and rightly so. Whereas, if you say to, if you're really concerned about a client's health, you might say you might want to check this out with your doctor. But mm. but you know you and I wouldn't send them along saying, I think you've got, um, I think you've got an imbalance and, you know, I think you've got a problem with your uh, stomach and I think it might be cancer, for instance, which is what some people do. And I think that that doesn't do us any favours either. You know, I think that um, GPs are, are in that situation, GPs are quite right to get annoyed, I think.
1: Uh, quite rightly. Yeah. yeah. Fortunately, more and more GPs are uh, now working uh, or, or or working with reflexologists or yeah. Um, recommending
2: yeah, oh, re- yeah.
1: reflexologists
2: oh, oh I think so and I think I think I have the greatest of respect for allopathy medicine and, and the way that it works and I think that the the um, most important thing is that we see what we do as complementary to not alternative to you know mm. I mean I I do work at, from time to time at Christie's Hospital in Manchester and. Um, they, they use reflexology up there a lot for treating clients and, and their patients and their carers and all those things like that. And I think that that works alongside it really well. And I think it's a classic example of how it does work very well. It, it's not one or the other. I think they can work alongside each other really well. Um, and, and I think GPs generally are quite open, I think, to what we're doing, you know. I've it certainly never, seems that way. Yeah, I, I've never, certainly
1: good developing.
2: Yeah, I, I've never had a problem with uh, working alongside you know GPs, and I think you have. We have to respect the parameters in which they work, and then they likewise do with us as well. And I think they can work alongside each other very well.
1: With the number of treatments, how, how many treatments are you allowed as, as a? patient with christy and a lot of hospitals will say oh, we can have two which in many ways is not necessarily going to be sufficient what, 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 how know. do they I, work I, that
2: I, I don't know actually because the, the my involvement with them is going and, and teaching practitioners precision work so i don't actually okay. i don't actually work with the patients up there um but i i, I don't know how many treatments they have i think it's i think it is more than two and they have other people who they do on-site massage and other things as well um, but it, but it's a fantastic model um where they treat the patients and the and the carers of the patients as well yeah yeah they've got a good a good a good team of people working up there yeah works well
1: I mean, I know um sort of going back to your CPD course I know uh, my experience of the meeting tutors and so on a lot of tutors are not terribly off okay with using energy no which I think is a great sadness. I mean, it's, it's, to me, is a major part of of reflexology. But when you're teaching CPD course, how do you find teaching qualified reflexologists who haven't been brought up with that philosophy of of the use of energy?
2: Well, it's quite quite interesting. Yeah, it's quite interesting uh, in that I can always tell in the first half an hour, Mm -hmm. really, or perhaps even before that, because people who are used to working with their intuition are fantastic and they just get it straight away and they, they're they flying with it. But then there are always some people who they they look s- slightly anxious to start with because they realize that this isn't structured. Mm. <laughs> and they, they're usually people who like structure. Um, but I always just say to people, you know, this is one way of working. It might not necessarily suit you, but this is how it is. And so then it's up to them whether they choose to work with it or not. The vast majority of them, um, I would say, by the end of the first day, are completely hooked on it. Mm. And they, interestingly enough, they change. people. It's that people who tend to come in who are, um, I have to say, quite tense, quite anxious, um, and then by the end of the first day, they almost look, they look different. They've relaxed and their facial expression is different, and it's it's quite fascinating to watch that happen really when they see they can, um, they don't have to follow this structure. Because I sometimes teach people who may be trained. I don't know, ten years ago or something, and they've never wandered away from the original procedure. So yeah. when I when they realise that they've got permission to do that, then they're thrilled because they can do something that's their own style. You know,
1: it's interesting. This this moving away from what you do. I as as with our schools, we teach um, a basic set pattern. And um, one of the reasons we do that is that when you're you're teaching a number of students and watching a number of students, you can see whether or not they are missing something out or whatever. But it's something that they change afterwards and they develop, hopefully develop their um, their own ways of going about it. To back that up, we do videos, uh, which they have access to uh, oh, yeah. constantly if they, if they wish to do so. It's always very difficult to explain to a student that when you're doing um, or or filming a a video to, to actually teach with, that it's very, very difficult to actually follow uh, an exact pattern, because you want to go off and treat somebody, and it wouldn't necessarily fit in with that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, an apology to our students if you find our videos sometimes wander off a little bit, but it's uh, it's difficult yeah, to do.
2: Yeah, I, I'm always getting people saying, you know, have, have you, what have you got on this? You know, have you got a, have you got a DVD or something? And and I I have done that over the years for some things and for various lectures that I've done they've been recorded and people have, you know, produced a DVD and stuff, but it, it's really difficult. Like you say, because you can't show the amount of pressure that you use and hmm. or how, you know, it, it, you can't really do that. All you can do is you can show, this is how I did this treatment, but the next one might be different. So, um, it always—I always sound like I'm making excuses for not making a DVD, but it's because there isn't one standard way of doing it. Really, you have to adapt to suit a client, and um, it's quite—it is tricky to do that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Absolutely. I mean, a basic treatment, yes, you can do, but it's a basic sequence. Yeah. To go much further than that, I, I certainly, with the way that um, the precision wave works, it would be very, very difficult to do.
2: I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. And and also, you know, the thing is, I'm just saying to people, you know, what matters is that you are able to adapt treatments to suit the person that you're working on. So if I say, you know, if I come up with a a video and I say, this is how you do it, then that really makes a nonsense of saying you've got to adapt a treatment to suit an individual.
1: I don't know how you feel about this. One of the things that always comes up in in qualifications is, is that you have to have a treatment plan
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah personally I can't work out how you can have a treatment plan purely from the presenting conditions of the client you we would have to have some form of of treatment first to work out what's going on yeah yeah but then you're treating that individual on a weekly monthly whatever it is basis and they will be changing you will be changing and so the treatment plan is not what you're going to do but what you want to achieve
2: yeah, exactly.
1: Does that make sense, or am I wandering yeah. up on one?
2: No, exactly. I mean, that's 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 always that's one of the problems that I had with trying to teach students to come up with a treatment plan because mm-hmm. you can you think well, it's got to change from one treatment to the next. So it's you can only say this is what might happen and this is what I might treat, but actually, you would hope that throughout several treatments that clients would change and their profile would change, and so then you would adapt the treatments accordingly. So, yeah, it's difficult to plan, isn't it?
1: Yeah, well, I think, I personally think so, I have to say. Um, some folks who who listening to this podcast might well be thinking training as a reflexologist. Do you have any advice on how to go about doing that? Yeah, <laughs> Where to start from?
2: I, I get asked this several times in a week, really. <laughs> I think the thing is, you've got to ask all those basic questions. You've got to say, if I take this course with you, can I join a professional body and what would that professional body be? Um, And if I take this course with you, can I get full professional insurance? And I think if you can get the right answers to those things, then you might want to think about it. But it depends so much on the individual tutor. uh, And that's the tricky thing, I think. And you need to do plenty of research into what the qualification is that you're actually getting. And easy to recognize qualification, you know, all of those things. Um, and look at the length of the course and um, make sure it's got sufficient supervision so that you're not just sent away to go and do loads of work on your own without having it you know, verified and everything else. Check that di- check the course is externally verified and, you know, meet the tutor, I think. And then if you feel you're going to get on with that person, that's going to be really helpful. Uh, and also check that the tutor is a reflexologist because that doesn't always. happen
1: (laughs) surprising how often that is the case exactly
2: and people don't know
1: find you being taught by an aromatherapist and a reflexology course or or vice versa
2: yeah absolutely absolutely and and you know uh i think i find it quite sad when i do get people coming to me who say they've just done a course and they don't feel confident and they've spent a lot of money and they want to retrain and I think that's a real shame as well to have to do that. Um, so I think, you know, you have to sort of um, bear all of those things in mind and that, um, you know, you have to ask all the right questions, really. And I, I don't think there are that many courses around that, are, that I would particularly recommend at the minute.
1: I tend to agree. I, it, it, unfortunately, the number of times that, that, that we get a call at PR and people say, what should I do? It's an absolute minefield.
2: Yeah, it is a minefield. It is a complete minefield.
1: It is so difficult, so difficult. So, what you've said, I think you're dead right. Make sure that you're happy with your tutor. In in many ways, it's the tutor that is the important bit. Yeah. The quality of the tuition.
2: Yeah, because you can you can get bit. the same. You can get the same course, the same qualification taught by two different tutors, and they can be completely different in their content, bizarrely. But I, I think, you know, you have to have all those questions about external uh, accreditation and insurance and all of those things. But, yeah, but also check out, you know, see, see what the tutors like as well. Yeah,
1: You get a qualification from both of those scenarios that you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, one will make you a reflexologist. The other one will get you the qualification.
2: Yes, exactly. And and you know, I find it quite sad when people say they've spent a lot of money, put in a lot of time and effort, and still don't feel qualified in order to do treatments.
1: Yeah, oh, dead right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, time for some words of wisdom. Oh dear. <laughs> do, you, do you have any advice to give to those starting out in in the uh, career of reflexology?
2: I think get in get as much hands on work as you can and that's all there is get as much practice. Have a good course behind you so you've got you've got the basic knowledge and then just get out there and practice and practice on as different people as you can, different ages, many different conditions as you can. Just just develop the skill in your hands so that you can you can you can recognise what you're feeling in people's feet so just to do plenty plenty of practice and uh and then do make sure you do some cpd courses so that you can decide which direction you want to go in and where you want you where you want to specialize i think but initially just get just get plenty of practice don't rely too much on don't worry about advertising and promotion and all of those things because if you do a good treatment word of mouth does it for you, really, and you'll get you'll build up your practice on that.
1: Uh, uh, that's absolutely right. Yeah. And enjoy yeah, it. The word of mouth is, is so important. And, so important.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Just don't worry about, you know, what uh, the ins and outs or don't try and make it too analytical. You know, don't worry about why is this happening or why? Is, just do it. Just do it and just wait and see what the results are.
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah oh absolutely so um what's coming up next
2: what's coming up next i'm continuing to develop my yoga classes which is my first love and that's you know it's great to be still being able to do that um in terms of reflexology i'm uh still wanting to work with my practice. I've got some fantastic clients and I've got a bit more time for them these days. And also um, to see where my reflexology goes, I'm quite excited. As I said to you earlier on, I'm quite excited about this idea of um, developing the precision school um, with a few tutors who can move it on you know you can take it on and do more courses and um for me not necessarily to be doing the teaching but to be involved with would
1: you be working with people you have personally trained as reflexologists
2: well i think it has to be it's got to be because if it's going to be you know if it's got to be the precision school it's got to be it's got to be not only people who've trained with me but but the the ones that i know who've really um related to precision reflexology, who've really understood the energetic approach and who are the sort of people who will be wanting to allow it to grow and bring in their own ideas. Yeah, So it's a tricky one, Martin, because I do want it to continue, but um, I've just got to be uh, mindful of who does that really, but I'm quite excited about it.
1: Interesting times.
2: Yes, definitely. Yeah, there's always there's always new stuff coming along. And that's the thing, isn't it? With any energetic work, it, it's always growing and developing and moving on and, uh, yeah, interesting times.
1: Yes, you try this and you try that and, and keep moving forward. Yeah. Learn something every day, I think, is extremely important. Allow yourself to learn something new every day.
2: Every day is a school day absolutely yeah
1: <laughs> Jan it's been great to talk to you this morning um, been,
2: yeah really nice Martin nice to touch base with you again
1: let's uh, let's hope it's not so long till we see each other again
2: no exactly we must try and do that yeah definitely
1: all right you take care of yourself and thank you so much Jan
2: thank you
0: Martin thank you yes thank you very much for joining us all the information on precision reflexology and Jan herself has been posted on professionalreflexology.org forward slash podcast You'll also find there all of our social media tags. We regularly post our latest news on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, so do give us a follow on those. If you would like to join our Facebook groups, we have two, one for members, which is the PR Members Hub, and for general reflexology, open to everyone, it's the PR Community, so just do a search for those. Thanks very much for joining us. We will be back very soon with another episode and we would love your feedback, comments and suggestions for anything else you'd like to hear. So thanks and goodbye.